Chinmaya University here, where we have the maternal birthplace of Adi Shankara. It was just a couple of weeks ago that I was asked to attend this event, and it wasn't very long ago I was uh, asked to speak on Ramana, and I'm humbled by all these requests. I don't represent Ramana or Ramanashram. Ram Mohan will address that more. I have been involved with Ramana's teachings for almost 50 years now, since about 1970, along with many other Advaitic teachings. And I've also done some work with some of his particular texts, notably the Upadesha Sara. So there's a few points I want to make, as well as a sharing of certain of his uh, teachings. Now, of course, as you all know, Ramana has become like the face of Advaita to the world. And yet it's quite odd in some respects, up higher. Very good. Okay, how do you know? So all over the world, people have, are aware of Ramana as Advaita, as India, as the great face of self-realization, the greatest enlightened guru of modern India. So we want to explore this a bit, and several points I wish to make. First of all, there of course is no Advaita without Vedanta. I know some people are trying to create that now. But that is another uh, issue. So we also see, I'll discuss that a little bit more later. So we also see Ramana as the face of Vedanta. Advaita Vedanta, Advaita, you cannot separate the two involved. Then there is a certain tendency to see Ramana because he was kind of swayambu, you know, suddenly at the age of 16, in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, he has his realization, and it stays with him endlessly. That is almost unparalleled in the history of the world. You can talk about Buddha, you can talk about Jesus Christ, you can talk about any guru. It's almost unheard of. Age of 16, age of the Siddha, if the body matures and the realization happens spontaneously. And that then almost becomes something even outside of the tradition because he uh, did not need, he does not have a formal guru or formal training. And the other factor that went along with this 
Ramana taught mainly through silence. Silence and presence and being and awareness. And on top of that, he had many foreign disciples who interpreted uh, a glass of water, who interpreted his teachings their own way and often put them out in various other forms. So one of the points I wish to make is that Ramana's teachings is very classically Vedantic. It is rooted in all the Vedic texts and teachings. And uh, though he didn't produce many works, there are three major works that everybody studying Advaita Vedanta should study, which are the Upadesha Saram, the Saddarshana Vidya, and the Ramana Gita. Ramana Gita was done at an early period, and the questions are from great sadhaks, even Ganapati Muni, Brahmarshi, Daivarat, and not just from random people coming in at different periods of time. So there is a very structured teaching that goes along with this. And there are some other illusions about Ramana's teaching we should understand. Thank you. One of them is that uh, he, gave, he did not emphasize Adhikara. For that, he was uh, able to try to give Advaita directly to everyone. Ramana makes a point very clear that only if you have the Pakwa Chitta do you have the foundation for understanding Advaita. So it's Chitta Shuddhi. He also talked about chitta shuddhi, ahara, ahara shuddhi, all these things. So that was also there. He may not have explained it or emphasized that in such a detail, but he did accept all of this sadhana chatushtya and all these qualities. Even sometimes one person asked him, why is there all these emphasis on these qualities? Because if you had them, you would already be enlightened. And he said in response that it encourages humility in the part of the uh, aspirant. And even though he did not formally become a sannyasin, he didn't put on the orange. In some respects, uh, he didn't need to, <clears throat> but he did honor and represent that whole uh, tradition. He honored only the works of Adi Shankara. He also honored many other Advaitic works like Tripura Rahasya or Advaita Bodha, Deepika, uh, there are many of these local Tamil works and also Sanskrit works in South India that he honored. He even honored Gita, Agamas, Upanishads, all those things. So in other words, he's a continuation of the tradition. He's not someone outside of the tradition. And he's not an independent voice in the sense that he stands on his own and, re and uh, doesn't represent the tradition. I say this because throughout the world there's become this kind of instant enlightenment movement and they quote Ramana's teachings. And Ramana would tell you if anybody came in, he would say, yes, you are the self. But that, if that person said back, yes, I am the self, that would not be allowed. You have to have the realization to go along with that. Now, on that basis, I want to look into some of his teachings and their uh, relevance and the uh, no slides I'm going to, I'm going to present. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an older scholar that is a powerpointless presenter. <laughs> and I have to also say I, I seldom prepare papers because I use the extemporaneous 
uh, ek way of uh, speaking. Sometimes in India, I have to write down a paper because I ask, well, what's your paper? So you give them something you wrote, but that's not actually what you said. Okay. Now, uh, as we said, you know, we talk about uh, Ramana, you know, Aparasachit uh, in the beginning. Uh, we connect Ramana to Guha and Hridaya. And the Hridaya Vidya of Vedas and Upanishads. In Upanishad, the key term used is Hridaya, the heart. Heart as the seat of Atma. And uh, Ramana, sometimes he says, oh, you can experience that on the right side of the chest as opposed to the physical heart or even Anahata Chakra. I feel that if it's the transcendent heart, you can't really localize it physically anyway, so that's not really uh, so much of an issue. But the Hridaya as the foundation of Atma from which Manas arises, from which the senses and motor organs arises, even from which the prana and vak arises, that emphasis on Hridaya. Hridaya is also the guha, the secret cavity of the heart. It is also the dahara akasha, small space within the heart in which the entire universe is created and is also the origin of everything. Ramana's teaching, of course, is atma-vichara, or self-inquiry, and he does not put so much emphasis on the shastra-vichara. Uh, in that respect, uh, he emphasizes more the personal uh, experience. But the centrality of the hridaya, hridaya is where the aham arises, and essentially, Ego is what we call the referred or relational self. I am this, this is mine. He talks about aham, aham, aham swarupa, aham swabhava, not the ahankara. Ahankara is the derivative, as the Swamiji was talking about last night, the abhasa, or the reflected consciousness. The I in itself that does not go out that is not identified with anything. That is the true self, or as he also said last night, that is also the nirvikalpa, or that is the uh, Brahman. So that is where Ramana directs us through the process of self-inquiry. And uh, of course, tracing all the thoughts back to the I thoughts. All thoughts are rooted in the thought, uh, the thought of I, or Aham, and then out of that becomes the entity that wants all these things in the external world, is involved in all these actions and so forth. So who am I as that pure essence of the I? Uh, it's not the physical self. It's not the psychological self. It is the pure self or deeper self-awareness. And as ordinary human beings, we do not have self-awareness. We have awareness of the mind, and we have externally-based awareness. Self-awareness we don't normally have. That is the big problem, and that is what is cultivated. But Hridaya is not just the source of aham. Even in uh, Yoga Sutras, we talk about Hridaya as this place of chitta, and also Hridaya is the source of prana, and even Anahata goes back to Hridaya as the source of pranava, or vak, so it is the source of everything. 
In Vedas, they have often a very simple way of vak, prana, manas, and these are also rooted in the uh, hridaya or the heart. So, if we go to the Vedic teachings, guha is also kumar, which is also agni, which is also in the later thought, Lord Skanda, Kartikeya, Subramanya, and Ramana was identified, of course, with Skanda, Agni, Kartikeya, uh, Murugan, and in other levels, he was also identified with Dakshinamurti, because the silent youth who teaches the sages through the power of silence. And that is what we need to understand is that the nirvikalpa samadhi has no conceptual content. It has no idea. It is knowledge by identity, not knowledge through a mental process. And the purpose of the sadhana is to go back in that state. The self is pure identity. You are whatever, you are everything. You are what you see, but you are not limited to that particular object. So that hridaya vidya is kind of the essence of Ramana's teaching that he brought back and brought out. A lot of the later yogas uh, were get involved with kundalini, shushumna, all these different things. So I, this is my own verse of my own teaching I put together. I was, I was discussing this with... Uh, Swami Vedabharati, a few years ago, he passed away in the interim. And the relationship of these, and this is a very simple point, I think Ramana would agree with me. All the chakras are rooted in the Sahasrar. The Sahasrar is rooted in the Pritya. And even going deeper, the hridaya is uh, rooted in the shishumna. Shishumna is rooted in the shunya, avoid, akasha. And that akasha is rooted in atma. So everything is a manifestation like a tree of all those powers and forces coming out of those one place. So very simple meditations, meditating, merging the mind into the heart. This is the essence of meditation. Uh, also taking the I thought back to the heart. And the heart is the place of shushupti, samadhi. The consciousness dwells in the eyes, particularly right eye, waking state, throat, in the dream state, in the heart, in the deep sleep state. But that heart is the transcendent aspect of awareness that is beyond the outer mind and senses. So that is the kind of the key background teaching and what I want to do is share a little bit but one point I would like to make quickly is even this uh, as Ganapati Muni showed this uh, this Hridaya uh, Vidya is there in the Vedas also, Rig Veda particularly the hymns of Parashara Shaktya, where we trace the Agni back into the heart. Now, the main text I work with is the uh, Upadesha Saram, and a very simple verse. Hritstalemana Swastata Kriya Bhakti
Bhakti Yoga Bod Ashtunishitam Hritstale Mana when the mind is in the place of the heart, Swastata Kriya, when it's connected to its own uh, self-place, self-being, Bhakti, Bhakti Yoga, Yoga, meaning yoga in the broader sense, Raja Yoga, Hatha Yoga, Bodha, which is Jnana Yoga, Nishchitam, they're all there. In other words, the heart is the essence of all these yoga teachings and all these yoga practices. They're all there to take us back to the heart. Do we have an issue on time? Okay, then I have to go very fast. So essentially, uh, then, uh, Atmavichara, Vrittayastvaham, Vrittimashritaha, Vrittayomano, Vidyaham Manaham, Ayamatham Kuto, Bhavati Chinwata, Aipatatyaham, Nijavicharanam. In other words, the mind is the vrittis, and the vrittis are the eye, and then we have to search out the source of the eye as the Atma Vichara. That is the essence of his teachings. But Ramana, as I said, is totally pure uh, Vedantic. I'm sorry I'm taking a little time, but the last events, you know, we're also taking extra time. So I hope our other speakers get our, our time as well. And he also teaches this Drigdrishya Viveka as very important. So when he teaches this, Vigrahendriya Pranaditama Nahameka Sat Tadjadam Hesat in other words, you are not the vigraha, you are not the body, you are not the senses, you are not the prana, you are not the mind, you are the, the sat, pure being. So in other words, he's also accepting all those basic teachings of Vedanta. In fact, all the basic key teachings of Vedanta, Ramana teaches very simply and very directly. Isha jiva yor, vesha dibira, satsvabhavato, Vastukevalam Veshahanata Swatmadarshanam Ishadarshanam Swatmarupataha. In other words, again the same thing in Vedanta, Isha, Ishwara, and Jiva differ only by their vestures. If we go back to their essential being, uh, they are one. So all of that Vedanta is there. And finally, Atmasamstiti Swatmadarshanam Atmanirdwayad Atmanishtita Dwelling in the self, Swatmadarshanam, knowing your own self. Atmanirdwaya Advaita Atma Atmanishtata So in other words, he is actually giving the essence of Shankara Vedanta in very simple practical forms and making that open to everyone but he also honors the other yogas he talks even mantra, bhakti all these things have their place and he's also more specifically embodies that in his character, his personality uh, his life so if we go to these key teachings Upadesha Saram, Ramana Gita Sadarshana Vidya you will get the essence of Vedanta and you will also get the essence of Ramana's uh, teachings, and these should be studied with all of Vedanta. Uh, Swami Dayananda has gone into the uh, Upadesha Saram. Others have uh, picked these different teachings up. But it's very simple, 
atma, hridaya, the pure aham. But to reach there, there has to be some chitta shuddhi, deha shuddhi. There has to be some understanding of the teaching. And Ramana conveyed a lot of that through his presence. But we also need to convey that through the teachings. And that is what Adi Shankara also uh, gives us. And I also combine my study work with Ramana with a lot of these Prakarana works of uh, Adi Shankara, like this Aparokshanubhuti and Atmabodha and all these other texts. Because this self-realization is the realization of the self beyond body and mind. It has nothing to do with the physical self, the psychological self. Physical body is your outer instrument. Mind is your inner instrument. We need to transcend. So in the modern world, we have to have a science of consciousness. We have to relate consciousness to the reality beyond body and mind. And this is what Vedanta offers the world. And this is what even science and medicine is just beginning to uh, slowly approach and examine. And Ramana kind of embodies that. But I think the other teachers like Chinmayananda, Dayananda, Vivekananda, etc., have also given us these very excellent explications of the teachings for those of us who don't have a Ramana around to uh, examine. So I will close my presentation at uh, this particular point. But I do want to emphasize that uh, when people start using these things, these instant enlightenment approaches and quoting Ramana, it's very important that we know what Ramana actually said and what the teachings uh, are involved. There is an adhikara. Uh, there's no instant enlightenment. There has to be a sadhana. And you cannot tell people to give up practices if they haven't gained the fruit of the uh, practices. So the Advaita Vedanta needs to be brought before the entire world in a very scientific, rational way, but also one that honors all the rest of yoga and all the other practices and brings them into the proper perspective. And one last word, I always like to say that all yoga teachers have to learn Vedanta. If they don't learn Vedanta, they're practicing, I hate to say, yoga without a mind. <laughs> Namaste. Uh, what is Ramana's opinion about Saguna Brahma Upasana? About which? Saguna Brahma Upasana. Upasana. Does it aid Nirguna Brahma Upasana or yes. does it hinder yeah, yeah. or does neither? He mentions that right at the beginning of uh, I asked this question because you referred to his worship of Dakshinamurti and Murga. Yeah. He mentions it right at the beginning of the uh, Upadesha Sara. I mean, his basic point is these are all ways of developing dharana, dhyana. In order to uh, do any atma vichara, you have to have dharana shakti. If your power of attention is one second, then you, that you have one second dharana only. So those are all for developing that. And then from that you can move on to other things. But you have to understand that even from the standpoint of yoga, mind needs to become a kagra. So a kagra, it needs to be at a certain point. That's why a particular form is used. But you're not meditating on the form. You're using that form as a point focus to develop the unity consciousness. And even beyond that, a kagra chitta relates, has to rest upon a kagra prana. It has to relate upon the uh, one-pointedness of the senses. All of these are tools 
of developing the awareness. And only, it's like building a house. You can't put on the roof if you haven't created the foundation. And so these practices are very important, and they're also very important tools of uh, have other healing and psychological ability. Ramana never rejected any of these support practices, but he gave them their place and also said they must be integrated and part of a greater Atmavichara. I request the scholars if you uh, to clarify your doubts, if you have. Uh, my question is regarding uh, person Ramana Maharshi. Uh, how do you uh, regard Ramana Maharshi? Was he a avatara or was he a um, sadhaka at his last birth? Um, I don't think those are questions I have the adhikara to answer. But when they asked Ramana if he was an avatar, he said, for me, everybody is avatar. And even from the standpoint of, you know, Aham Brahmasmi, some of these distinctions don't really uh, matter at that point. Uh, but obviously he was a great guru, siddha, whatever you want to say. And his teaching should be uh, honored. And we can't put everybody into a definition box. <laughs> to supplement the answer Dr. Frali gave, the question of avatara and non-avatara, Bhagavan himself says in the last verse of the first Navamani Malay, he says he has been directed by Lord to take form in this world so that he will teach Atma Satshatkaram to people. So that's what he has conveyed. Though he did not directly say he is an avatar, but he has carried the divine message with him, as in the case of Trinjana Samandar, another Tamil saint, he says has been born to, uh, to spread the message of uh, Shaiva, Shaivism among people, Jnanam. Likewise, Bhagavan also has implicitly expressed that he has been directed by the Lord to, to spread the message of Jnana in the world. Though it is difficult to say whether it is avatar or not, but uh, he, but he says, if you ask him whether he is an avatar, he says, not only I, you are also avatar. Everybody who is uh, realized is an avatar. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, sir.